guess what, guys? There is only one place you can get a true Colorado mountain pie. It's your favorite, locally owned, legendary, unbelievably delicious pizza joint, Bojo's. The Colorado mountain pie has become a staple for not only natives, but for those who are just passing through and want to know where the best pizza in town is. Bojo's is the only answer. Bojo's dough is made fresh daily and contains locally sourced honey. You heard that right. They infuse their dough with natural sweetener, and it is to die for. There's something for everyone at Bojo's. Large, delicious mountain pies for the entire family, a huge salad bar with fresh veggies galore, Colorado beer on tap, including our personal favorite, Breck Brews, and your personal favorite sports teams playing in the background. Bojo's has private party rooms for all your holiday get-togethers or to celebrate birthdays and other large events. They have $4 happy hours in select locations along with gluten-free and plant-based options as well. There is nothing more important to Bojo's than their community, which is why they are always happy to help you raise money for your fundraising causes. Host your next fundraising event at any of their five front-range locations. They are also offering their holiday se- this holiday season a special pint glass koozies that make great stocking stuffers and come with a $5 gift card. Check those out at their site today at bojos.com. That's bojos.com and tell them DNVR Rams sent you. On the high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Bayrano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Takes it in, scores. J.D. Page. Boy, Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low. Hornung. Dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the 5. Touchdown, Colorado State. up and happy new year's guys we are back with another edition of the dnvr rams podcast presented by bojo's pizza happy new year's folks happy holidays Uh, we've been kind of inconsistent with our recording schedule just because of the holiday season obviously didn't have as many episodes around christmas and then i took a little bit of time off around new year's eve as well I hope that everybody that is a subscriber went back and checked out the the 10 best CSU football games from the past decades. I wrote about 2,400 words. I easily could have gone over 3,000. It was hard to restrain myself at that. Uh, but, you know, anything over 2,500, I think, kind of gets tough to palate for most people. Uh, that said, you know, I just I had, a, I had a really fun time kind of going down memory lane. Uh, thinking about all the different moments from the past decade, obviously, 
I mostly talked about the good, did include a few of the rougher ones as well, uh, but definitely go back and check that out if you missed it. Got a fun episode planned today, going to talk a lot of CSU hoops mostly. Uh, the Rams fell to 0-3 in league play with a New Year's Day loss to the Nevada Wolfpack. Uh, going to give my thoughts on that game, as well as uh, just a couple of, of thoughts moving forward, posted uh, takeaways from that piece on the site as well, so go and check that out. Uh, a lot of great bowl games on New Year's Day. We'll briefly uh, give my thoughts on a couple of those. Always just love sitting on the couch and you know watching hours upon hours of college football. There's really nothing better than that to me other than maybe you know like March Madness I'd say that the first two weekends of our of March Madness are just I mean it's like a spiritual moment for me to just be able to watch that much college basketball for like four straight days Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday planted just flipping back and forth between TBS and true TV and CBS and whatever else you know whatever freaking channel turner finds to put the games on but it's just such a great time of year uh so plenty to talk about uh on this podcast today i i still can't believe that we're in a new decade i know uh, some people kind of debate whether you should start uh counting the decade in the first year or at zero i think there are probably arguments for both sides i get the the argument that when do you start counting at zero, um, but also uh, it just, I don't know, it seems weird. It, this seems to be like the most logical way to to view a decade, zero through nine, and then you just start over fresh, but that's just me. That's just my take. Uh, a ton happened for me between 2010 and 2019. Um, really, I mean, I was 15 in 2010. That That is just so crazy. Um, so that means, you know, in the past decade, not only did I graduate from high school, graduate from college, uh, I got my driver's license. I couldn't drive at the start of this decade. Uh, now I'm working in professional sports media. So obviously a lot can, can happen in a 10 year window. It certainly did for me. Uh, if you are using this new year as a chance to better yourself, I, I commend you for it, and I wish you well on your, on your your with your goals this year. Uh, I do think that, in a sense, New Year's resolutions can be kind of corny because if you're, you know, using some arbitrary date as the, the time to get better, maybe you're not in the right mindset, maybe you weren't there yet. Uh, that said, I'm never going to discourage people from, you know, putting themselves out there and, and trying to better themselves, so... I definitely have some New Year's resolutions. I posted those uh, on Twitter. You know, I want to write something every day. I want to cuss less. I want to, eat, you know, eat less, exercise more, all that fun stuff. I want to grow my podcast. I want to improve as a writer. There are just so many things I want. Um, a lot of them I've been working towards anyways. You know, it's not like something that I waited until January 1st to start. But if you did wait until January 1st to start your goal, that's fine too. Uh, good luck this year. Let's all become better people together. Uh, if you need some encouragement, if you need some help from your friends, that's fine too. Do whatever it takes. You know, reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, we will support you. The DNVR Rams community. We're there for each other. We're one big giant family. And so I just wanted to uh, briefly say that. You know, just 
wish everyone well, wish everyone a happy new year uh, and tell them that I am rooting for them. I know this can be a difficult time for people, especially, you know, people that battle uh, depression, anxiety, stuff like that. It can kind of feel uh, like you're all alone, but you are not. I'm rooting for you. I'm your number one fan and I'll always be there for you. So always uh, feel free to reach out and I will be there as best as I can for all of you. Okay, let's talk some hoops. Let's talk a little sports. That is the point of this podcast, after all. I did not plan to get so introspective for the first five minutes, but, you know, it's the start of a new decade. It's just kind of the mindset I'm in. I've been in a reflective mood over the past couple of weeks. The Rams fell to 0-3 in league play, uh, like I said a few minutes ago. 67-61 loss to the Nevada Wolfpack in Reno. Really just, it was a brutal draw for the Rams to have to start conference play with San Diego State and trips to Boise State and Nevada. I mean, I would I didn't like go and look at everybody's first three games in the league, but I'd be pretty confident in saying that CSU probably had uh, the toughest draw in terms of the first three conference games of the season. Uh, I really, I think this was a winnable game for the Rams, so... You know, it's it's probably going to sting a little bit that they let this one slip away. Uh, another just a really slow start offensively, and they put themselves in a hole, you know, trailed by 17 at one point in the second half, uh, and 19 actually at one point in the second half. Ended up battling all the way back, uh, outscored Nevada a lot in the last 10 minutes, but just really too big of a hole to overcome. Uh, this this team is just they're so inconsistent you know they have 10 minute stretches where they score five points and they have 10 minute stretches where they score 25 or 30 points it's it's kind of maddening but the one thing uh that has definitely become extremely evident is this team is just much better at you know like slashing and dashing uh, getting to the rim trying to draw contact Uh, they talked about on the broadcast that how uh, CSU is one of the teams that draws free throws at one of the highest rates in America. One of the problems is they're not hitting a lot of these free throws, uh, but they're not a great jump shooting team at this point of the season. They're still not knocking down open jump shots. I think it's it just may not be in the cards for them. They're just not a great jump shooting team. I think some of these shots are going to probably start to fall eventually just from a sheer you know numbers standpoint if you put enough of them up. They will probably start to fall eventually, but I get why uh, the fans are definitely frustrated with the offense. It's just, it's so up and down. Uh, One of the things that I'm really starting to take away about this team is they just need the seniors to be bigger threats, especially on offense. I think the effort defensively is, it's been there. I think really uh, this team gives good effort on defense. I think they've really bought into what, Medved and the coaches are preaching, and and I think that they they fight. You know, it would have been really easy to lay down last night and end up losing by like thirty. Instead, they battle all the way back, uh, end up getting it in within two possessions, but aren't able to completely erase the deficit. But they just need you know Nico Carvacho, Chris Martin, uh, Hyron Edwards coming off the bench. They need these guys to be bigger threats to score. Uh, Nico in particular you know they just kind of need him to be that dude in the paint and really make teams fear him I think at this point uh, the biggest offensive threats have been 
you know, Isaiah Stevens and David Roddy, both of which were great again last night. Neither one of them uh, really were able to hit jump shots, especially early. They did knock some down in that final stretch when CSU tried to come back. But overall, just another frustrating offensive game for this team. Uh, you got to love the fight that they showed. That's one of the things that I put uh, in my takeaways piece is that with how this team fights and you know how much potential they flash with the skill that they flash regularly, I think most people can see that this is a team that can be pretty good, and I think they especially will be really good next year. But at this point, uh, you need some of these seniors to, to really step up. Uh, I would like to see more of P.J. Bird, to be honest. I think at this point I'd like to see him get maybe some of Hiron Edwards' minutes, especially once Adam Thistlewood comes back. Um, Hiron's just been struggling offensively. I mean, I like, I like, you know, what he can do as a distributor. I think when he really buys into that role, he can be, oh, one of CSU's better point guards in terms of just facilitating the offense and, and distribute, distributing the basketball, but he just hasn't been able to knock down jump shots. And when he's attacked the rim, I felt like a lot of times it's, it's kind of just been out of control and he's ended up just kind of throwing a rocket at the backboard uh, very quick, has a lot of potential. You see him flash, but at this point, I just, I like what I've seen out of PJ Bird in the limited action. You know, he's, he's a threat on both ends. You see him play consistent defense. I think he's been smooth with the basketball, has a really, really nice looking jump shot, hit a couple of threes over the last couple of games, uh, also doing a nice job moving the basketball and picking up some big assists. So at this point, you know, let, I'd like to see P.J. Bird in there, get the VCU transfer some run. Let's see what he can do. Uh, obviously, he's going to be, you know, part of the part of the offense and, and part of the, the future. So at this point, you know, kind of start looking towards the Mountain West and looking towards the Mountain West tournament and, and looking towards the future because, you know, this team's probably not going to, contend for a league championship this year it's 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 not the end of the world nobody really expected them to be contenders uh, I do think they probably thought there would be a little bit more consistency by this point uh, but I would also bring up that with the schedule that CSU has had to play it just it hasn't done them any favors so big big game coming up on Saturday at Moby Arena Wyoming comes to town the Pokes are also 0-3 in league play uh, they lost to Air Force, Boise State, and New Mexico. A uh, chance for the Rams to to get back on the right track at home against a team that they should beat. Can't ever take the Cowboys too lightly. CSU found that out the hard way in Laramie last year. Uh, but ultimately, this is a game that I expect CSU to win. Uh, hopefully, they'll have Adam Thistlewood back. He has missed the last two games with a high ankle sprain. They just they need that dude, man. He... By far the best jump shooter on the team. Um, just makes smart plays with the basketball. I just think having his presence on the floor is good for the team. I think it it steadies everything. And and like I said, you know, having him be out there and and be able to knock down some shots from the perimeter definitely helps CSU's cause. Uh, but that's all for hoops talk today. Really excited to see how the Rams respond at home against. Wyoming on Saturday. It's always fun uh, in a rivalry game. I wouldn't say that the the border war uh, on the hardwood ha- lives up to the hype of the border war on the gridiron, uh, but still a rivalry game nonetheless. Still one of the bigger games in conference play, and 
and one that CSU really needs to win. I think if they if they fall to the Cowboys at home, there's going to be a lot of dejected fans. And as much as I can preach, you know, the 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 ceiling is high. There, the the potential is there. At some point, you just got to start winning some ball games. So Saturday, big tests for the Rams. Big chance to to come out and and beat a team on their home floor and and you know win win some fans back over again. Really excited about that. We're going to talk about it throughout the week. Also going to wrap things up here by talking about uh, these New Year's bowl games and a little bit of CSU football staff news. But first, we are going to take just a quick little break. It's time to take a second to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR Rams, established in Breckenridge, Colorado in 1990. Breckenridge has been serving the community for two decades plus. I really can't say enough good things about these guys. They just have such an awesome variety from Colorado Core to the classic American Amber Ale. Uh, Breckenridge Brewery has what it takes to make your party a success. Uh, personally, had a couple of Colorado Cores on New Year's Eve. Gotta love just that fresh little, you know, taste of the little hint of cider. It just it paired perfectly with all my New Year's wings, all the snacks, all the stuff I shouldn't be eating. Uh, but if you're gonna you're gonna be drinking brews during the the college bowl season, definitely make it Breckenridge. Couldn't recommend them anymore. Grab a six pack at your local liquor store, grocery store, wherever you buy beer. Breckenridge will be there. Shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. Welcome back, folks, to the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Bojo's Pizza. Bojo's a Colorado classic. Gotta love that classic Colorado pizza, man. Supported by Colorado Beers, Breckenridge Brewery, Colorado Pizza, and Bojo's. Doesn't get better than that. You know, we are a local company. All right. The big story uh, that everyone was talking about on Twitter, Corey Dennis, who was uh, reportedly going to be the quarterback's coach here at Colorado State is staying put at Ohio State. He is being elevated to the quarterback's coach there. Uh, so kind of a kind of a weird situation, one that Steve Adazio uh, talked about actually at his recruiting presser. He, you know, he mentioned how you can hire a guy in this early period and then they can get scooped up by a by another program and that's not exactly what happened as, you know, Dennis was already at Ohio State and now he's just uh, deciding to stay but with a promotion. Um, but in, in some ways it reminds me a little bit of when uh, Mike Bobo hired Derek Ansley to be defensive coordinator and then he ended up uh, taking a gig with the Oakland Raiders like a week later. I'm not sure uh, what exactly it was like behind the scenes. Uh, Kevin Lytle of the Colorado one did point out that Dennis was at Adazio's introductory press conference. So, I mean, it kind of seems like he really did intend on coming here. That said, the skeptic in me, you know, like my gut feeling kind of says that it feels like Dennis used CSU for leverage a little bit, kind of knew that that position was going to open up at Ohio State. So you go, you say, well, I'm going to take this position at Colorado State, knowing that it's pro the quarterback coach positions probably going to open up at Ohio State um Dennis's agent can then go and say you know you want us to stay you gotta you know promote him 
or worst case, you just take the jab at CSU, which was obviously uh, pretty much not gifted, but it was given to him, offered to him because of the relationship that he has with Urban Meyer. Um, just a weird situation all around. I know people are getting really antsy. Uh, Football Scoop also reported that John Jancic is not being retained as the defensive coordinator. After the improvement that CSU showed defensively in conference play, I thought, you know, there was a chance that he might be back. Um, Honestly, I think there was a a strong argument that he probably should be back, and that's coming from me, the the person who published in October that he should be fired. But I I will admit that the defense improved a ton down the stretch, and I I really did think there was a chance that he might be back, but it, it seems that that's not happening. Uh, you never know. Obviously, these things can change quickly. And, well, you know, Football Scoop hasn't been dead on throughout this entire process. They have gotten a couple of things right, but they've also uh, gotten quite a few things wrong. Um, I will say that's bound to happen to you when most of your information comes from agents. Um, it is their job to sell their clients. One of the things I put on Twitter this morning, you know, you talk to any agent in the country and they're going to say it's basically a done deal. Their guy is the guy. But right now, CSU basically down to the Adazios. You got Steve Adazio at head coach and his son, Louis Adazio, coaching the offensive line. Everyone else is still up in the air. Um, like I said, people are frustrated. They want to know what the staff is going to look like. I would say to that, you know, I get it. I think part of it is just we're so used to getting everything so rapidly now that I think we just become impatient about everything. Uh, But, you know, with most of the 2020 class already being signed, there's not that big of a hurry to rush things. You know, you don't don't really have to. Um, With the amount of people that have transferred from a stability standpoint, you know, it could be nice to to make some of these hirings official uh, just so that the the guys in the locker room can have a sense of who's going to be leading the team next year. But, you know, like, other than that, I don't I don't really think it's that big of a deal. You know, if we got to, like, February or something and, and we didn't know the staff by then, that would be a completely different case. But I don't see that happening. I really think we're probably going to get a lot of these answers over the next week or so. Uh, but just going to have to let it play out. Uh, patience, patience, patience. That's really all I can, really all I can preach. I know everybody wants the answers but there's no sense in us putting out incorrect information uh you know a lot of this we're just gonna have to wait on as well you know i'm 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 trying to get confirmation on a lot of this stuff as well so we'll be interesting to see how this plays out uh final thoughts here i really enjoyed the new year's day bowl games i'd say uh i was a little bit skeptical when they didn't have the the playoff games on new year's day that some of these games were gonna kind of be disappointing but you know, I thought they were a lot of fun. Auburn, Minnesota was thrilling. Uh, Michigan, Alabama was a great game. You you all know I'm an Alabama fan, so obviously I was going to be locked into that one. I did find it a little interesting that Saban didn't knee the ball there at the end and, and decided to score late. Kind of seemed like he was uh, rubbing, rubbing one in there and, and like he maybe doesn't like Jim Harbaugh all that much. Uh, but I'll say this for all the, for the anti-Alabama crowd. There's a lot of dudes coming back next year to run it back. So uh, all those people that were celebrating Alabama missing the playoff this year, I'd just say be careful because Crimson Tide are coming back with a vengeance next year. I'm going to leave it there at that. I'm not going to 
not going to rant about Bama. I know a lot of you don't care about the Crimson Tide. You could care less, but I'm just I'm just telling you, watch out for Old Saban next year. Uh, the Rose Bowl, awesome. Everything you could hope for in a Rose Bowl. I thought, you know, Oregon, Wisconsin, two historic programs that went back and forth all day. Definitely some questionable officiating in there. Um I just, I'm not sold on Herbert. I know he made a ton of plays with his legs. I know uh, he kind of put Oregon on his back there at the end, but I just don't see it. He missed so many open throws in that game. He's a big dude. He's a great athlete. I think he can improvise. I think he's a lot of fun to watch run around out there. But I just, I really feel like an NFL team is going to take this kid way too high. I really do. I just don't see it. It feels like Paxton Lynch all over again. I don't know. Maybe I'll be wrong. And if that's the case, I will gladly admit it. But I've said it all year. I don't see it with him. I just don't see it. I don't see him consistently making NFL throws and NFL windows. Georgia Baylor, another great game. Uh, I didn't get to watch as much as that one because it conflicted with the CSU Nevada hoops game, obviously. Uh, But another situation where Georgia obviously... Wanted to be, you know, in the playoff, but they they made the most of it. They came out and they beat a really talented Baylor team. I I, I really am conflicted with Baylor guys because I like Rule. I like their coach a lot. I think he's very very likable. I'm not sure there's a more likable coach at a less likable institution than Baylor. Um, I'm not gonna like rail on them or anything, but obviously. Uh, the the stuff that went down there over the last decade was disgusting. Uh, so I just I can't ever find myself rooting for Baylor, regardless of how much I like Matt Rule, uh, regardless of the fact that Georgia is Alabama's rival, my team. I just I found myself rooting for the Bulldogs because I just I can't root for Baylor. They're just a couple programs like that. I just I have a hard time rooting for them now. You know, Penn State, Michigan State, Baylor, uh, a lot of these programs. I just. I know they're not the the only programs that have had wrongdoings, but just, I don't know, just so shady, some of the stuff they did. But uh, yeah, that's about it. That, that's really my only thoughts on the New Year's Day Bulls. I thought it was entertaining. I think it's good for college football when you have uh, relevant bowl games on the day because you just have so many people off from work. It's really a chance to, to captivate a national audience and, and win over some of those borderline fans that maybe... Uh, wouldn't be quite as locked in otherwise we will be back with more uh, tomorrow gonna preview the wyoming game Uh, plenty to talk about there looking forward to this weekend looking forward to some hoops i hope everyone had a safe and fun new year and let's make 2020 a good one Scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly Then drink it like juice The water's the truth So I sip on that too Skinny looking kid With no car keys Like the only thing I drive Is RCRV's Got the stash Like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly like